Welcome to another episode of Honest to a Malt with myself, Duncan, aka Duncan Donuts, and Mike, aka Two Puds. And this week we've got AKA a special K-A. guest, aka KKA. We've got a special <laughs> guest, Ian Allen. Ian, welcome. Thank you. I was about to say good evening, but they could be listening to this morning, afternoon, any time of the day. It's all right. We like to keep them on their toes. Sometimes yep. we pretend we do it midday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> morning drinking. What's in your glass? Breakfast thing. Any kind, as long as it's approaching midday, it's fine, isn't it? So, thanks so much for coming on today. Um, um, Mike, what's the episode title today? So, we're at episode 44, and today's title is Alain Le Bleu. Alain Le Bleu. You didn't have to sing it, but hey, why not? The reference is easier. We thanks. Thanks for that. (laughs) So, um, Ian, it would be really nice if you could um, do a bit of an introduction for yourself. I mean, obviously, we know who you are. Lots of people know who you are. Um, You are the global brand ambassador for Glen Murray. Yep. Intergalactic, if they'd let me travel. If they'd let me travel. All the planets Space travels. Yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah. Elon's always calling you up and just going, yeah, come on. Just do a whiskey taste. (laughs) Come on. Get in the Tesla. Let's go. Yeah. Let's go. I've put wings on it. Let's get out there. Yeah. <laughs> and then Branson's on the phone going, oh, what are you doing that for? We had a deal. It's competition. You were coming up in my sort of half dodgy plane thing. Yeah. So now we know there's a global space race competing for Ian's time. Yep. Uh, who's the other one? Bezos. He's in there as well, isn't he? So well, one, I'm sure one of them will, will win your affections. It, Bezos is rocket's very phallic, though. It's so kind of avoid that <laughs> one. <laughs> the most phallic of rockets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is, isn't it? And he does have a shiny head. So yeah. Yeah, <laughs> credit to him. So, um, yeah, please, it would be really nice to have a bit of your sort of um, journey to where you got to and, uh, you know, a bit about anything you want to share with us, really, about yourself. and Yeah, so um, Drink's journey has been um, quite a few years now, 20, 26, 27 years in drinks industry. Uh, had a part-time job in Threshers. I don't know if anybody remembers those. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah, so... Yeah. Graduated, didn't know what I wanted to do. I uh, stuck with Reshers, became a bit of like an area manager for them. Yeah. I then discovered that out of all the booze I was selling, whiskey was the one that drew me towards it more strongly than the others. Uh, so decided to come back home to Speyside. Um, ended up job being visitor center manager at McAllen Distillery back in oh, 2001. Right. And I was there from 2001 to 2005, so four years there before jumping ship uh, to the good ship, Glen Murray, um, and have been there for, this is my 19th year now, so. Wow, so very much part of the furniture at this point. I hope you managed to stock up on some good Macallans. One or two bottles still in the cupboard. Um, Currently in between, uh, my, my backdrop, I know this is a podcast and nobody can see it, I've got a very dull backdrop of two doors. Because uh, yeah. I'm currently living at the distillery while we move house. All my whiskey's round at my dad's. So yeah. uh, I did have... <laughs> and, and your dad is not drinking it. Yeah, I, I, I did have a collection of Macallans. I've yet to go and see if it's still there. So, <laughs> so just text you. I've, I've only opened up three so far. Yeah, You're fine. Yeah. Yeah. It just randomly picks one and cracks yeah. it open. <laughs> at least <laughs> if you're funny. living at the distillery, there's no like way you don't have to hide deliveries come in. You're just there. You can just take them straight away. Absolutely. But, do you fall into this thing because obviously you've got, you know, um, Glen Murray whiskey on tap, I assume, uh, or at least you're trying it some of the time, right? Um, does that mean that you don't really buy too much from other distilleries or, you know? Yeah, I wish, I wish. Uh, oh, you wish? Okay, yeah, you um, yeah. Yeah, I, buy, I, I, I don't consider myself a collector, but I have a huge collection of whiskeys because I buy faster than I can drink or I buy faster yeah. than I should drink, to be honest. And you, are you, do you know, do you have a rough idea of how many um, open bottles you've got at the moment? I opens probably in the region about 60. Uh, oh, yeah, it's quite a few, yeah. Closed about 600. <laughs> 600. Yes. Goodness me. Okay, that's a big whiskey room. Yeah, that's more of a vault. Yeah. Um, so, um, uh, what is in your glass and what's been up your arse? We'll start with um, yourself, Ian. What have you got in the glass this evening? So I have got uh, one of our little sneak preview bottlings that we did for a tweet tasting of this year's Warehouse One releases. Okay, yeah. So it is, we've got two coming out this year. Uh, I've got the non-peated, fully matured Rioja, yeah. which I love. It's rich and 
crazy and full on. So and the tobacco in it is yeah prominent and brilliant. Yeah, yeah. it's it's quick. It's kind of funky and quirky, but still kind of keeps that Glen Murray style about it, um, which I love. And the peated is equally good. Um, uh, peated is not normally my go-to. Uh, but the peated Rioja was one that does stand out for me. It was really uh, excellent to try them side by side. Mm. Yeah, uh, and I shared them also with because uh, we had so we had a couple of samples of that through uh, Steve Rush yeah. Tweet Tastings, and um, they were very generous samples, like hundred mil. So I shared some with some local friends and stuff as well, um, and they were. I drank them all myself. <laughs> you drank them all yourself. <laughs> I was blown away by them anyway. I, you know, when, whenever they come out, it's going to be very hard to not buy both, which uh, is quite the statement. And I'm a bit on the fence about red wine mm-hmm. asks, but this is one that really, really worked. And the Rioja was pretty obvious in its influence. Strong. I, th- I think with, with wine casks in particular, you know, the longer maturation suit them. You know, fully matured wine casks, uh, long finishes, that's when they come into their own. A lot of um, a lot of whiskies, a lot of distillers use wine casks as a bit of a shortcut, keeping the finish short. And that's not really where they come into their own. They, they really come alive once you give them the time and let the, the wood do as much of the talking as... What was in the wood before? So, that, so they're they're full maturation again, then? No, yeah. both of them. The uh, non-peated is full maturation. The peated one ah. is a finish. You kind of get away with the finishing, I think, when it's peated because there's flavour built into it. Ah, okay, I see. But so, the, so just so the non-peated one was full maturation. Full maturation. Yep. Okay, because the, uh, the um, like I had a whole bottle of the Oloroso one, and I've certainly tried the Amarone and. Was there an Amontillado as well? Yeah, Amontillado. We had uh, Amontillado. Yeah, we've done Manzanilla. We've had a Barolo, a Tokai. Um, I've tried the Tokai. Yeah, yeah, and they're all in full maturations. I think. It's, Is that right? They're Mostly. a mixture. There's a mixture. Some full maturation chucked in there, uh, but there's some finishes as well thrown into the oh, mix. Okay. Yeah. Yep. They're all they're all pretty uh, pretty um, full on flavors. Yes. Right? Yeah, yeah, for mm. sure. So, um, has everything been up your ass in the last week, then, Ian? I can I, can I stretch it to the last month? The fact yeah, that January, it, yeah, since the start of the year, yeah. you go, you can, you can, you can recap the last ten years if you want. <laughs> can no we? Problem. We'll condense it. We'll do, do like a montage, like a training montage of things. To do well, I, you. I was planning on using this as a bit of a counselling session, just <laughs> yeah. to get issues resolved. <laughs> We just do for you. We just do a few moments yeah. later. Um, you know, what's been on my ass? January and February. I just don't like them as months. They're not good months. Dark, they're cold. Just, they're dark, cold. Uh, and then people throw on to the top of that. They kind of do dry January uh, when all your bars and restaurants uh, need people in through the doors. Uh, yeah. So oh, you see, you're making yeah. me feel guilty about my life. How do you feel about that, so. Duncan? Oh, I feel guilty now, don't I? Take that. Yeah, but you didn't do it properly, yeah. did you? Did I not? Oh, 25 days. I mean, it's still... Yeah, a fail. Yeah, I mean, I I spent enough time. For five days, you helped the local industry. I was down the pub yesterday. Was it yesterday? Twice over the weekend. Guinness. Yeah. (laughs) I've made up for it. You got 25 days to make up for it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I've made up for it. Trust me. (laughs) (laughs) I got a text yesterday going, come and pub quiz tomorrow. I'm like... Probably. All right, Mike, what's in your glass at the moment then? What's in my glass is the Cutty Sark Blended Scotch Whiskey, which is the celebratory 100-year uh, edition. We were kindly uh, given a little uh, trip, shall we say, to the Cutty Sark. I believe by yourself, Ian, was uh, instrumental in getting us there. Well, we had massive imposter syndrome. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we absolutely enjoyed this on the night. <laughs> quite a lot and did so after the event and are still doing so now yeah so one of the most reliable best blends out there um which again we were saying the other day we're surprised we're not seeing it in more supermarkets and things yeah. um so that's in my glass what's been at my house currently is sky broadband um because <laughs> my internet connection is crawling back down to two uh megabytes per second so i've gone back in time slightly to uh 2001 um but no generally uh my back issues uh have been up my ass literally i now have sciatica on top of the 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 recovering slip disc so i am in great physical condition that's been really it other than that i'm wonderful (laughs) it just reminds me of that time when you joke you made the joke about um like going to like a rugby event to catch up with rugby people and then you're, you're back going as you're getting out of the car sort of thing and then it turned out you did your back last time just plugging in a laptop charger leaning forwards yeah 
Yeah. You're back to this, seem this like time, it's, it's on it's on last legs. Yeah, this time it's like, gone like from a, um I went to Wales and had a four and a half hour trip in the car and for the last uh, forty five minutes I had to lean over the um the car seat to play the clangers to my little one just to keep her from going insane and screaming the, the windows out of the car. So that has ruined me. So yes, I am very fragile for the uh the size and look of me. Yeah, you are. The wind blows. If you're out and the wind catches you, that could be it. I could be over for you. So exactly. you need to get you like you're like Wayne Rudy in the um in the Euros for England. We need to put you on bubble wrap. Don't go there. Do you remember I got? I told you before I got called Wayne Rooney by a uh, Korean bum, and they thought he was like being cool and giving me a compliment. <laughs> and he's like, Ah, Wayne Rooney, Wayne Rooney. I'm like, no, mate, no. Yeah, the Welsh Wayne Rooney. That's quite good. You can have two nicknames <laughs> if you want. You can be two puds in the Welsh Wayne Wayne Rooney. Oh. Do you, Ian? Do you have a, Do you ever have a nickname? Have you ever been assigned a nickname by? No, no, never heard you of You managed to dodge a nickname all of your life. All of my life. I, I, there was a guy that lived round the corner from me. At there school. was a guy. There he was tried. One, Where is he now? Ian? No, there was a guy called Ian <laughs> who lived round the corner from me at school, and he got nicknamed Enos the Penis. And I, I went to school just worrying for fear that I would adopt that nickname because I had the name Ian as well. Thankfully, yeah, but they'd already assigned it to somebody else, hadn't they? Yeah, they'd already assigned it. So thankfully, yeah. it didn't stick to everybody called Ian. So that, that, that's not an encouragement for people listening to this to start referring to me as that. Yeah, if anything, Ian's saying the opposite. He's saying absolutely do not do, do not that. do that. Yeah, because he felt very sorry for the other person. Yeah, definitely so don't. Yeah. <laughs> uh, dear me. Um, uh, I'm also drinking um, the Cutty Sark, but I've got um, the uh, the standard blend, which I think is excellent. Light, floral, honey. Um, I've got Glen Murray Phoenix Rising poured. Uh, side by side with that, I've also got SMWS Raisin Toffee Jam poured. And I did a wee experiment this week. There's a bottle of MacMira, um, that one that basically really tastes like kind of petrolly peaty. That extra rock, extra smoky, extra peaty one. One you've tried, Mike. It's like a riot's happened at a whiskey distillery. Yeah, so it's just lacking that little bit of sweetness that's good to have in a peated whiskey. I like sweet peat, you know. And so what I did was I took the remainder of the bottle. I'll show you guys here. And you see, this is an, a maple syrup bottle, a Canadian maple syrup. Mm. So when it was empty, I poured, I filled, I didn't clean out the bottle because it still had maple syrup in it, you know, coated on the inside because it clings to the glass, doesn't it? So then I filled it up mm. with a peated whiskey and um, I have tried it and it it's given it like the little bit of sweetness I think it needed. So if Mac and me are listening, nice. you know, there you go. That's what you need to do if you're extra, extra smoky, extra peated casks. Dump them in... Um, Maple like syrup a, casks. Yeah, give them a short period in something sweet. Yeah, it, it was already good, but it's just it just needs that little bit of sweetness. I think the kind of magical peat whiskey that has that little bit of sweetness. And um, what's been bugging me is dry hands. I'm completely fed up with dry hands uh, for as long as I can remember. Now my hands have just been dry. I don't know when it. Cha- <laughs> I don't know when it changed in my life. I don't know what changed in my life. I think it's when I came back from living in Asia. I just. I'm just. Like you get caught in between, like, do you moisture? If you moisturize them, you end up moisturizing them all the time. And then there's like these moisturizers that supposedly work really well. But I swear, if I, even if I use those, like an, hour, like an hour later, they're just back to being like really dry to the point now where I, I sort of go, shall I even bother washing them? That's probably the problem. You're supposed to be clean and hygienic washing your hands. So you wash your hands, you towel dry them, and then they just go back to being like sort of a hundred year old man hands. And they're like dry. It's horrible. It's horrible. So I don't know what to do about that. This is giving me a peek into my future in an old folks home. It's like talking about dry hands and sore backs. Yeah, well, does it not? Does it not bug you? Do you do you not have dry hands? Uh, occasionally, do you live in a sauna or something. Yeah, well, like, yeah. Elgin, it's it's the tropical part of Speyside. So yeah, <laughs> the tropical Speyside, <laughs> just um, deck chairs and deck uh, chairs and you know bikinis and you know, yeah, yeah, palm trees. Just, yeah, it's yeah. it's glorious. Just drinking whiskey out of coconuts. That's just in the yeah, office. I picture it. <laughs> <laughs> you want a drum and you can have it. It's in that glass, but don't you dare it. Drink it slow and drink with us. Oh, no, cantaloupes. So, we usually, when we have a guest on, we do, um, we pitch them a Dragon's Den idea. Uh, so, I've narrowed it down to two. So uh, Mike and I are thinking about launching a business and working for your um, your hard-earned cash, Ian. You've got, you know, stacks of thousands on your desk. 
obviously it's the obligatory where we're asking for about one percent <laughs> we we're asking for fifty thousand pounds for one percent of our business um and our business is going to be launching um uh scratch and sniff uh patches to stick to the outside of whiskey bottles which uh have the smell of the whiskey in inside and then um, selling them b2b what do you think are you in I did. I think that's a winner. I think I'm in. But, you know, tasting you notes. Tasting notes can only go so far on the back of a bottle, can they? I, I know, right? I just. I, I'm sure I've seen this kind of a bit in magazines and stuff. I don't know why people can't put it on patches and stick it to the outside of whiskey bottles. Genuinely think you're onto a winner there, mate. Oh, there we go. Someone can make it happen. I don't have the, the whiskey experience in Edinburgh used to do a scratch and sniff thing at the end of their tour. Yeah, yeah, they had it. But you know, you want it stuck to the bottle, then you could just, you could just. Um, you know, like it would, like it, it would. Once someone's already done it, it would. It'd need to be somewhere where you could sniff it whilst you're walking around the supermarket, walking around the whiskey shop, or something, wouldn't it? Because whether how it smells is a big part of whether you decide you want to buy it. I think, really, you know, it's it's. A, I recently recently had a bottle which I won't name because yet because it's going to come up in a different pod, but. There's nothing associated with uh, any of the with uh, any of the brands of bottles we're talking to today, but uh, the nose was so bad on it that it really it's really put me off the whiskey. I'm, I don't know how I feel about the bottle now, and it doesn't happen very often. But if the nose really smells, not a fan of that. I've got one more idea for you uh, because um, we only have guests on about once a month now. So other idea for the next fifty grand. Let's just assume you've got a hundred hundred thousand. So we've already secured fifty k. Easy. Uh, blackout bottle bags that keep the bottle at um, a, a solid eighteen degrees. So basically, it's a little bottle pouch bag, and then you put your bottle in it, and it just keeps it completely blacked out. So therefore, you could leave it wherever, and it doesn't matter because the sunlight can't get it. So it's kind of like a sort of travel bag type thing, really. You know, if you're going to go to like a sunny country or something. Yeah. So again, one percent of the company. I'd say 2% this time, 50k. That, that one's a harder sell. Like, uh, I, I don't like to black out my bottles. I like them on the shelf. I like to be able to see them. But you travel, maybe. You might sell it to yeah, me. Yeah, maybe travel. Yeah. You know? Or if you lived in, like, you know, tropical Speyside, where it's sunny all the time, you're drinking out of coconuts. Yep. Yeah, I can see I've got some bottles at the window. They'll probably fade the label at some point. So. Yeah. That's all it is. Yeah, okay. All right. So no no investment there, but you're back yeah. in the scratch and sniff. Scratch and sniff. Uh, my, scratch my, one, and sniff. my one concern about scratch and sniff is if you're walking in a shop like the Whiskey Exchange in London, everybody's scratched all the labels <laughs> that would smell. <laughs> they'd still, though, but they'd still, they should still smell for a while, right? Yeah, I you'd, guess. Yeah, you'd like to think so. I guess what you'd have, you'd have someone that comes into the shop and they just go around and scratch and sniff every single bottle, wouldn't they? That would be frustrating. <laughs> and you'd have people like stood and bent over at funny angles, just like sniffing bottles. <laughs> It'd be funny to see though, wouldn't it? <laughs> people holding the bottle up to their face and just... Really strange etiquette in some of these places. Yeah. yeah. There'd be a Facebook group, bottle sniffers. People, more, more, whiskey, <laughs> <laughs> bottle sniffers. more whiskey distilleries should turn their, should make a, a fragrances from the best smelling noses on whiskey. And then you could have it as a fragrance or something. We we did that as a, it's, it's close to April Fool's Day, but we did an April Fool's post, uh, I think back in 2019 that we had kind of created our own range of eau de toilette and fragrances to oh, nice. smell like Glen Murray whiskey and we got them all mocked up and and done so that was our April Fool's joke a few years ago yeah so was it received well I think so but it, it was you know everybody was doing these at that time so folks all right through it we should do it in July yeah <laughs> see what the that's reaction is <laughs> yeah. that's what we were saying the other day is it's you should do this stuff like uh, Mike's got an advent calendar from um, SMWS that he hasn't drunk yet Christmas advent calendar I was like just do it in July yeah like <laughs> yeah just do it, do it the 12, how many days of Christmas is it, Mike? To be fair, it's the 12 days of Christmas. I could do the 12 days of August because my birthday falls on the 11th. Exactly. So I could just have two drams on my birthday. You'll get more attention, Done. if anything. There you go. Yeah. You? yeah. Dress up like Santa in August and do 12, <laughs> days, of, 12 days of August. So we've noticed recently that um, Glenn Murray has um, rebranded, right? So um, I'm looking at a bottle of... Uh, Phoenix Rising charred oak cask, which is very nice, by the way. It's great, Dram. Yep, milk, mm. chocolate, caramel, bit of coconut in there. Absolute banger. Yeah, people are really enjoying it. The twisted vine as well. So drinks a bit above forty percent ABV, even though it is forty percent ABV. Yep. If you ask me, tastes a bit like a, it's got more body to it than uh, a lot of the forty percent 
whiskies, but it's got new branding, hasn't it? And you've got new branding in general. So what have you, what have you guys been up to there? Yeah, so we're, we're um, revamping the whole range. Uh, so the classic range uh, has had a complete new refresh. So you'll see that on your supermarkets. Uh, should be appearing now. The Twisted Vine and Phoenix Rising gives it a little bit more of a contemporary styling as well. And then later this year, we're releasing our aged collection under kind of fresh new look as well. It's been it's been a few years since we've had a look at the packaging. And to be honest, you know, for a long time, Glenmire, we've been quite buttoned up around our packaging. So um, it's mm. nice to see us cut loose and do something a little bit fun and funky. And I think certainly yeah. Phoenix and Twisted Vine, it's that mark. I, th- I think, yeah, definitely with um, the Phoenix Rising, I think um, you've hit the mark. It, it looks good. Absolutely. Yeah, it's classy. Looks um, good, tastes good, good price point. Yeah. Um, as we mentioned earlier, some a, a gentleman with a phallic shaped rocket um, has got this at a really good price at the moment. So I put that in a couple of group chats yesterday and I know sort of two or three of the boys picked it up straight away just based on my tasting notes and stuff that we did on it. So yeah, really, really good work, the Phoenix Rising. Yeah, yeah, there's been a few people buying it off the back of um, hearing about it. I mean, to be fair, I... Um, so we were obviously honest about stuff. So we were gifted one bottle, but I've also bought another bottle of it already. So I'm one for one. Yep. So I've bought one and, you know, um, harpooned one free. But I can easily <laughs> see, I do tend to have something that's 40% or 43% in the cupboard because you don't always want these strong cask strength whiskies. I mean, even sometimes yeah. you need a few in the cupboard between 40 to 46%, in my opinion. And so um, this is kind of something that really stands out in that range, I think. Perfect school night dram. Yeah, that's what I feel like. It's like you don't want it, you don't want it to be too heavy, right? You don't want it, you know, you literally just want, if you pour a double, you want it to be two units, <laughs> not <Yeah>. three to three and a half units. Um, Depends what day you're having. Yeah. Well, people are going to be panicking. When you say rebrand, people are going to be thinking price increases. Now, it's very hard to know and everything has to go up. But one of the things about, you know, about Glen Murray is it is perceived to be very good value, good tasting whiskey, good product, good value. So do you want mm. to give an opinion on that? I, I love it. Um, you know, it's the question I get asked all the time. And, you know, it's a double edged sword. Some people, you know, avoid it because they think it's cheap whiskey. They're wrong, just to be clear. I mean, those people are wrong. So exactly. Right. Okay. Absolutely. Um, but, you know, it's a single malt. It's, it's a, you know, an industry which is very protected. We have to follow the same guidelines. Uh, we take the pricing as our kind of positioning, our marketing approach. Um, yeah. And it works. And you know what? People end up drinking you for that reason. You know, they're not buying you, shoving the cupboard as part of the collection or whatever else. Yeah. Uh, so many people find their way into single malt via Glen Murray uh, because you know when generally when you're starting out, disposable income's not there. So you're just kind of picking up what you can and you kind of make your way in that journey of whiskey discovery. And Glen Murray is the first point for a lot of people, and they, they come to us and love us for it. So. I think it's great. I've got a lot of love for what we do from a price perspective because it means I'm talking to whiskey drinkers and not um, people who are speculating on their future pension yeah. funds, etc. <laughs> yeah, but I, I think like the so if you take Twisted Vine, which is cognac cask, and yep. Phoenix Rising, which are charred oak, right? Are, are you able to divulge a bit more about what goes into those um, single malt, obviously, mm-hmm. right? But um, do you have like an idea on like the mix of ages or anything like that? Because it's, it's obviously a non-age statement, and it, yep. it's hard to tell. All, all we can all we can say is that the taste notes on the bottle are bang on. It's smooth, um, yeah. no burn. You sort of classic thing. And that it's, worry as about. your dad would say, it's nice. It's nice. Yeah. Is there anything else you can share about any of those? Yeah. So that you know, there'll be a mixture of ages in them. You know, the average will be between six and eight years old. Um, with a twisted vine, it's fully matured in cognac. Uh, with the Phoenix Rising. You've got a mixture of fully matured virgin oak heavy char casks and uh, some bourbon uh, heavy char oh, casks. Right. Okay, yeah. So it's a real mix, that one. So a mix in there. Uh, but you're looking between six yeah. and eight years old for both of those whiskies. Okay, well, that's good. I think you know people like to know. I mean, people, people liking it already. There's already lots of positivity, but people then like to know what it is that they're really enjoying, right? And increasingly, people are realizing that sort of younger whiskey is often um as good <laughs> yeah especially in these blind tasting things you know like yeah, Ian, we did this blind mm. taste you know blind yeah. drams and one of the highest scoring ones was all five-year-olds wasn't it mike from andrew yeah, yeah, yeah which we've talked about before but still people really surprised people i someone sent me some whiskey recently and i tried it blind 
and I had a guess as to what it was. I said, um, really lovely, because like you go with things that you've experienced before. It reminded me a lot of like a Carmore Ben Nevis. I was getting things like bacon and maple syrup and stuff. It was kind of on the nose. It was ashy and peaty on the palate. And I said it was Speyside or it was Highlands, peated whiskey, under 10 years old. And I said, but, you know, it could be a young Kalila as well. And I guessed it was about sort of mid-50s ABV. It turns out it was the eight-year-old peated cognac from you guys, right? Which was incredible. And I'm devastated that I... I didn't get a bottle of that. We, we've still got it. It's, you still uh, got it? Yeah, the, the Peter Cognac is on our bottle of your own. Um, we, try and, we try and kind of pair our, our bottle of your owns are, are really kind of um, a draw for people at Glen Murray. They, again, down to we, we keep the price keen, but we throw out some of our interesting, fun and funky casks. We look at what we've got on shelf, what we've got released at this time, and we try not to do similar casks. Mm. Uh, but we had just released um, Twisted Vine, the cognac, and this is yep. exactly the same batch of casks. Right. But we had some of our peated spirit in it, so we thought that would be a nice kind of little sister one to have at the distillery. But in this case, it's cast strength, um, eight-year fully matured, but the peated stock versus the non-peated at 40% in Twisted Vine. If I was, oh, to, nice. draw, if I was to draw a reference, though, obviously, although it's cognac cast, so... This sample was sent to me by Cliff, right? So thanks to Cliff. He said his notes were nose, honey. Obviously, he wasn't trying it blind. He was trying it. <laughs> he knew what it was because his bottle. But he said he got honey on the nose, overripe pear, rubber, wood char, and then charred smoked meat on the palate. But I felt like some of that was coming through to nose as well. And he said like orange bitters and brown sugar on the palate. And he said um, peat, honey, and black pepper on the finish, maybe like honey and pepper burnt ends. But I really felt like if I had to put like if I had to say what does it remind me of the most, it reminded me of those really, really put on a pedestal, Ben Nevis, Carmores. Even though the ABV's higher, mm. those sort of the four, the six and the seven-year-old that people were going bonkers for, that, and you're saying it's still available, right? So I'll be putting a call in probably tomorrow <laughs> to get something posted. <laughs> it's that good. It's really that good. So I tried it and I was like, this this I would really like to have. Glen Elgin, Young Allen, you dram, yeah, wings, I'm going in, Phoenix rising, older Phoenix rising, the child old cast of the bounty ain't a hiding, Ian Allen, Ian Allen, he's on, twisted by mine, a coffee twisty fine, I'm sipping my espresso drink, how can you like it's Mexico, fly back through the duty, free the Glen Murray, so to me see a 15, in the value I'm not hating Glen Murray they on so would you like to do Pudding Island Drams Ian let's do it let's do it so you know the concept right so concept is for people listening if you haven't heard it before we did an episode called Pudding Island Drams you're going to um, a deserted island um, and you get to choose one pudding um one you're going to be on your own for 30 days not forever because obviously if you're on your own forever it's a bit depressing right just 30 days chill out just have some time away for the family you know whatever it is you know a bit of downtime get away from january and february yep <laughs> so uh you get to choose one pudding one whiskey one album or or music i mean if people still listen to albums we do but lots of people these days don't even understand what albums are um or a greatest hits it's up to you yeah, greatest hits. And then who's going to pick you up? So, Ian, where would you like to start? I well, we'll start with pudding. It's uh, straight in, best, straight into the pudding. Uh, it's got to be sticky toffee pudding. Yes, another one for sticky toffee pudding all the way. Uh, but the important question is, with ice cream or with custard? I with cream. with toffee sauce. Toffee sauce. With the, you, oh, he's doubled up on sugar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, need, you need to you need to get your energy from somewhere if you're on an island of your own for thirty oh, days. That's true. Yeah, I assume there's other things to eat beyond just the pudding, but you're allowed as much as you want. So okay. Can I put a shout out for a local business in Elgin? There's a there's a little um, restaurant in Elgin called the Druthy Cobbler that makes the finest sticky toffee pudding. Um, and if anybody's coming up to Speyside, you got to go there just for the sticky. They've got a great selection of whiskeys as well, but you can get their sticky toffee pudding. It's unbeatable. Um, if you share the name one more time, we'll put a link in the in the um, episode. What's the name of it again? The Druthy Cobbler. Druthy Cobbler. Okay, cool. For sticky toffee pudding. Nice. 
Um, and can you picture what, what, how does this island look to you? I mean, some people have said they're going to like you know cold environments. Some people are going beach. What's your what island are you going to here? I, is is there such as a kind of continual autumnal island? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, it can be. I mean, <laughs> not too yeah. hot, not too cold. Yeah. Temperate. Is that the word? And yeah, I'm not a beach man. It's where dirt meets water. Don't need to find that. That's fine. I can live without that. <laughs> we'll get you doing the marketing for Marbella. Where yeah. dirt meets water. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, so what about the, do you want to do whiskey or album next then? Um, let's save the whiskey till last. Um, let's go album. Okay, go on then. So what album would you be listening to whilst you're uh, eating away your toffee pudding with... That's a tough one. That's a tough one. And there's so many I could choose from, but um, one of my all-time favorite bands, a band called Tool, so Enema, great album. It's yeah. phenomenal. All the songs last about eight to ten minutes, so you can take your time listening to them while yeah, enjoying do. the Terrific. sticky coffee pudding. So you're a drumming fan then, if you like Tool? Uh, Danny Carey, one of the finest drummers in rock and roll. Okay. So have you ever seen on, um, I mean, like, like Tool's not 100% my bag, but I've listened to lots of Tool. I mean, they they're a super like they're like modern prog really aren't they kind yeah of like progressive metal right? have you seen that guy on instagram who's become like the greatest drummer in the world and he just does have you seen have you seen do you know who he is he's like a, a spanish or a south american guy has this big beard and he looks like he could be in world's strongest man and he plays drums like a machine like he he does drum parts that only like three people could do and he's basically ruined drumming for every other drummer pretty much in the world have you have you seen who don't he is? think i've seen him the one rock and roll spanish guy that or certainly south american guys the guy that does rock tunes to the well pretending to be cartman from uh, south park <laughs> i have to seen that it's that no, a must out. find you send me that and I'll send you the other guy. Deal, we'll, post, deal. we'll post them both in the link. Yeah, he's blowing my mind, this other guy. It's crazy. I can't remember what his name is, but he has like sort of a skull and crossbones as he's sort of um, signed. Bonkers. So, um, album is Enema by Tool and um, you have to do whiskey next then and then who's going to be taking you home. So what whiskey are you going to keep that's going to keep you company for? I, one of our warehouse ones, a uh, star of the show that we've had on that, that collection for me was the Barolo that we did a couple of yeah. years ago. Um, I absolutely loved that whiskey. I, I think it's been one of the finest Glen Murrays we've had in a long, long time. And fortunately for us, we've got some more Barolo casks sitting at the warehouse. Uh, I'd love to see them come out quite soon, but we've got to give it time till we try some other bits and pieces first. So talk us through a bit about that then. What was so special about that whiskey then? I, it was, well, it was the oldest warehouse one we've done. It was 22 years old. Um, it had a year finishing Barolo. Yeah. Uh, basically, we were, we're taking in some Italian red wine casks um, and we were looking for, it was Amarone we were mainly looking for. See, I like Amarone, but some people are like, they're, they're doing it down, mouthing off about it, but I think... I really, I love it. I, 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 love I think it too, yeah. you know, Aaron, Aaron Amaroni is is a fantastic whiskey. It's it's a great dram, and we were kind of thinking, well, even if we get something half as good as that, it's still a quality whiskey. So we we, we took in some Italian casks, um, but it was the Barolo that shone through first. Uh, but it was the Amaroni we were really looking for in the first instance. So it's one of these ones that kind of took us by surprise. Um, but yeah, it was just a great, great whiskey. It was only a year in the cask, but it, it, finishing in the Barolo. Uh, but it didn't take that long for the Barolo to take hold. So that would have brought what? Uh, did it bring like plumminess into the into the wine? Yeah, it was kind of dark fruits, uh, like say kind of that plummy note coming through. Mm. Just everything you expect from a, a kind of Barolo cask, that kind of heavy, fruity, sweet red wine, Italian style, that super Tuscan style. I mean, whereas Amarone be getting sort of more cherries and things like that, right? Yeah. Cool. Um, so, who's going to pick you up then from the um, from the island after you've um, uh, put on weight, drinking loads of your Barolo whiskey and eating sticky toffee pudding, listening to Tool? It's got to be my wife and daughter. I have not okay. seen them for thirty days. The, the, the safe prob- choice. The problem is uh, my wife doesn't drive, so uh, somebody would have to give her a lift to come and pick me up. <laughs> <laughs> or you'd be waiting at the bus stop on the island, yeah, right? Yeah, that's yeah. it. Bus swings by once a once a month. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Does that mean you do all the driving then for the family? I do. Yes. And my wife yeah. doesn't drink, so see when we go out for dinner. Oh, my day. So it's a cheap dinner. Have you considered investing in driving lessons for your oh, wife? Oh, we've invested a lot. Oh, okay. All right. Didn't get those. it. Yep. Okay. So the, the effort's there, but yes. just not that little bit of luck. I always believe that in life, uh, it's skill and luck. It's a bit of both, right? You can yeah. be really unlucky, even if you've got the skill and still not quite get there. 
it seems, right? Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, it's uh, it it keeps my drinking in check. So it's it's not a bad thing to have. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, have a few nights off. So, Star Wars and Lego, talk to me. I love them both. Uh, Star Wars in particular. Uh, we um, we do the uh, Star Wars theme. We did the Star Wars theme tasting for Spirit of Space Side. Myself and a uh, good friend, Hans Offringer, the whiskey writer, we always looked for some kind of weird and wonderful tastings and got this message out of the blue saying that uh, Spirit of Space Side's on May the 4th this year. Let's do a Star Wars theme tasting. So, uh, so this is the second time. Stormtrooper and costume. I was going to say you, you were Princess Leia, correct? Yeah. My... Well, the, 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 I was going to go for the <laughs> gold. I was going to go for the gold bikini, but that would destroy too many young people's uh, uh, special moments. Uh, but yeah, so this year we weren't going to do it again. This year, you're Princess Leia. But this year it lands on May the fourth again. So myself and Hans are doing Return of the Jedi, whiskey and Star Wars theme tasting. You need to put that out there and then yeah. get people involved and people will turn up. Yeah, we, we've got some of the people who came to the first one. Uh, would, uh, one one person said that, that they booked a, a refundable hotel because if they didn't get tickets to that, they weren't coming to Speyside. So. <laughs> so that's at, that is at the, that's at the festival. That's at the, on May the 4th, yeah, Saturday, May the 4th. Yeah, okay. I can imagine, because I'm assuming it's the same as sort of like the Fashil where there's people camping in fields and stuff randomly, is that... Does yeah. that happen? Well, yeah, yeah, not not quite as as uh, camping heavy because there's a little bit more accommodation round about Speyside. So there's that um, rule, isn't there? You're not, you're not you're allowed to camp in anyone's back garden or something in Scotland, or is it you're not? I can't remember. We had this. No, on, uh, any open land, but not like you can't yeah. just rock up on someone's house. Yeah, but you're allowed to <laughs> camp on any like, open land in Scotland. If it's like a you? field, yeah. yeah. Right, I, well, I'll just bring a tent then. That'd be cheap. Yeah. You bring a tent, you'd Imagine. be fine. How many Some days drunk, of spirit? Drunken Chewbacca's falling out of the tent the next day on the 5th, just like... Arr. How many days is, is spirit of... Uh, Thursday, Thursday the Monday. Ah, you don't need a shower, do you? There's probably a gym you can just pop into. <laughs> yeah, you'd be fine. Get a lock somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Just bathe in a washback somewhere, you'd be fine. Yeah. <laughs> People moan about costs, they need to get tents. Yeah. These fancy hotels. <laughs> And this is the wooden field. washback. Let's just look inside. Someone just swimming. Get out. Yeah. What's the what's the what's the how much what's the old sweat like in uh, in that storm? Were you a stormtrooper? I was a stormtrooper. Yeah. It it gets a little bit cozy. Um, it's not yeah, easy to drink a whiskey in a stormtrooper's costume. I'll, I'll, I'll say that about it. I remember the last time when I was talking about it. I was kind of my introduction. I remember saying to people that you know whiskey tastings are getting too geeky people want it to be too serious it says the guy wearing a stormtrooper costume <laughs> <laughs> this is yeah it's getting really geeky it is. you do realize you're in a stormtrooper yeah, exactly. so yeah so we're doing but can i add one thing just for the sales pitch of this there yeah. there's a guy that lives in elgin called um fraser diamond what a name by the way yeah well his dad he's, was he's a diamond of a geezer he is but his dad was peter diamond so anybody who's a big Star Wars fan <clears throat> will know him. He was the guy that choreographed all the uh, lightsaber battles in the original trilogy. Oh, no way! He was a sword fighter and he did all the Hammer horror movies. He did the Highlander movies. Oh, Highlander as well. Yeah, he lives in Elgin and his dad played like 30-odd different roles in the films. And he's got all the original scripts and everything. So he comes along. Uh, and does a little talk in that. He's amazing. Uh, what his dad did in the movie industry, the Indiana Jones films, Doctor Who, Star Wars, Hammer films. So if you're into your pop culture and your movies and whiskey, that's the event for you. So that's Fraser Diamond. Fraser, coming along Fraser. to speak about his dad, Peter. Fraser but, but Fraser was 12 at the time the original film was done. So he yeah. was one of the Jawas on the sand crawler in the... <laughs> Because he was small, he was a little kid, and he was on the set with his dad. So he's got pictures of him on set, dressed as a Jawa and everything. I feel like you're a big Star Wars fan. I'm just getting vibes here, right? That's so good. It is. Do, it's cool. So we, we can't. We have to ask you then. What's your favourite Star Wars film? For people that who, because people who are fans will want to know that. Empire Strikes Back, second one, Boba Fett. What's not to love? Just like that. But do you watch it every Christmas? Do you watch it once a year? 
What's your level of Star Wars commitment? Uh, you know what? Once a year. I probably not so much anymore. I, when was the last time I revisited the, the trilogy? It would have been a couple just of years ago. I watch Die Hard every year. Your level of commitment is it's, it's lacking. It's la- but here, we've got so much more to feed into as Star Wars fans. There's new series. There's different things on Disney Plus right. and all that. They're not as good, though, are they? They're yeah. not. They're not. But here, they, 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 feed, the, they feed the addiction. Well, is it, I've seen the picture of you dressed as a stormtrooper, and it was very impressive. So people have got something to look forward to there. At the um, and you mentioned um, the your the writer friends. Yeah, Hans. Hans will be there. So Hans is launching a whiskey. He's uh, he's doing a little bit of work for an independent bottler called Saltire, um, and they are releasing a Glen Murray single cask at the event, which was actually distilled on the fourth of May as well. So. <laughs> Ah, class. Yeah, nice. All tying in. I love yeah. it. So it's it's good fun event. So I, I think we've still got tickets. So check it out if you want to come along. Yeah, well, if, look. if we go, we have to do Princess Leia and Jabba. I'll I'll let you decide who's who. But you'll you'll ruin my teenage dreams by doing that. <laughs> we most definitely won't, unless there's a coin toss involved, in which case it could happen. So <laughs> it's possible. Well, may the Murray be with you. May the Fourth be with you. Yeah. All right, thanks for sharing that, Ian. Appreciate it. Um, is there anything like? Is there anything that like people wouldn't know about Glen Murray, the distillery? Like, is there any kind of like, you know, I don't know, something that people just generally wouldn't know from like reading things online on the website or going on like whiskey fun or something like that? Is is there something that? Any kind of insights you could share, um, like a fun fact or something like that? Everything's online. You know, the the, the facts about Glen Murray that are on the dark web, you don't want to know about it. <laughs> <laughs> if you've got the time and patience to get on the dark web, then you can find out. Yeah, you can find it. Yeah. Um, no, the, the, the distillery. First thing you do when you get on the dark web. Glen, Glen Murray. Murray. Yeah, <laughs> let's find out what's been going on there. It's like a like a like a, a spike in searches. People are like people are monitoring the dark web, going, "What's going on? What's going on, Glen Murray?" Well, we do we do have bodies buried at the distillery. That's that's a, that's a great fact. The distillery is built on the site of all the public executions in Elgin, so we're built next to Gallow Hill. And there's a great story about. Uh, the assistant brewer back in the 1960s when they were raising one of the warehouses to avoid flooding, yeah. uh, he discovered a few skulls. Now, nowadays, when we find it, we get the police in, they check it, they date it yeah. to make sure it's not anybody more recent than it should have been. <laughs> just, just snuck a couple in Just there. Yeah, just... Uh, yeah, what's, what, what's two more? Nobody will notice. Yeah. But what he did was he put the skulls in the uh, um, dashboard of his car and drove them around right. Elgin to show them how it had changed over the years. And anybody, anybody who knows Elgin, it's not changed that much since the 1600s. And so, can you can you confirm? Has it been any freshly poured concrete at the distillery recently? Not well. We're 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 undergoing our third expansion in ten years, so right. it makes me Fresh wonder if we're, if we're covering right, something. Yeah. Okay. Right. <laughs> so they don't drill into that, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, something that's come up a bit because I think for people like yourself that you know, um, obviously, big whiskey collection, you know, sixty open bottles, huge whiskey fan. If you're going into a pub. What three whiskies would you want to see they have behind the bar? I well, there's got to be a Glen Murray behind there. If, if Obviously, you, yeah, a local bar, Glen Murray, twelve year olds. Um, I think it's just a, a great, solid Speyside whiskey. It's the the Glen Murray I've probably drunk the most of during my career. I love it as a dram. Yeah, uh, I just say the fifteen. If you're going on a holiday or something, you're going for an airport. Fifteen is a solid pickup. Yeah, from an airport. Yeah, our, our core range through kind of 12, 15, 18, these are just great space hiders. You know, they've been around for a while for a reason. Uh, they're, they're, it's a fantastic dram. Um, something big and sherry to sit beside that. Um, you know, I think I was weaned on sherry whiskey when I was younger because that, that's, that's <laughs> one that I'll look out for, something with uh, PX, so like a Glenfarclas, a uh, uh, McAllen or a Glendronach. Good, good luck getting a Glendronach these days, but that'll be uh, twenty pounds for twenty-five mil, sir. Okay, yeah. that's how I'm feeling flush. Uh, <laughs> I, and then something, uh, what else? Just to mix it up a little bit. I, I'm not a huge, huge peated fan. Pe- peated whiskies are not my first choice. So something just with a little bit of smoke, some Highland Park style. Right. Uh, so Highland Park, eighteen-year-old. So gentle smoke, really. Yeah, just a so gentle gonna, soft smoke. You'd have Glen Murray twelve, 
Um, something like um, a Glenn Farkless, maybe like... 105, chuck that in there. Yep, that'd be great. Um, and a Highland Park 18. Boom, there you go. Three whiskeys behind a pub. So if you're ever going to become a publican, that's what we can expect. Yep. Um, then I noticed, we noticed, we both noticed that you have been traveling a fair bit. Um, and you might have been... A lot. Yeah, you might have well been to Japan. Yes, that was amazing. That was great. So people always find it fascinating hearing about Japan. I've been to Japan, so, but I will find it very interesting hearing what you say. So how was your experience of Japan then? It was it was phenomenal. You know what? I'll be honest with you. It was a place that hadn't hit my radar um, when I get my travel diary started the year, so kind of know where I'm going uh, in the months ahead. And it was one that kind of was tail end of the year, didn't really think about it. Um, without sounding too blasé about it, wasn't overly excited. Uh, but <laughs> got out there and was absolutely blown away. Fell in love with the place. Amazing people. Uh, such uh, Tokyo was such a fantastic city. Uh, and their love for whiskey is insane. You know, the whiskey bars we went into there, you know, we're talking about picking a bar that's got three decent whiskeys. You know, you yeah. go into these bars in Tokyo and there's 300 decent whiskeys for you to choose from. They have this way of making everything seem a bit enchanting, don't they? They they get the atmosphere and the lighting spot on in all these places. Yep. So you go in and it just feels like lighting is perfect, right? Like there's such attention to detail, right? So you go in and you already feel like it feels a bit magical, right? I guess if you go there every day, it wouldn't feel as magical. But somehow between you being over in Japan and it being so different yeah. and... The experience they managed to create, it does feel a bit, a bit magical. Was there any um, whiskey bars that you remember that you went to or, or venues that you went to that you shout out? There's one I didn't get to rather annoyingly because we only discovered about it later. But uh, next trip, we will definitely be visiting. I met the owner and only found out about it when we was out there when we were at Tokyo Whiskey Fest. Yeah. Uh, but there's a bar in Tokyo called Bar Murray. Uh, and it's it's a young lady who just loves Glen Murray. You know, we as brand owners, we had no idea this existed. Wow. Um, and her Instagram handle is Love Murray. Um, so it's a whiskey bar uh, that focuses <laughs> mainly on Glen Murray, uh, but has a lot of other whiskeys as well. So uh, would you believe it? We didn't make it. It was an hour on the train to get there. So we could plan it in at last minute. But that sounds like you should be making like a full on marketing video about the, that. The next time we're out there, we're going to do a tasting. Yeah, the whole team's going, aren't they? The whole team's going over. Yes, yeah. Yeah. It feels like there should Any be that, excuse. that sort. Yes. No, but really, I mean, that feels like it's got like sort of, you know, brand marketing um, sort of campaign marketing written all over it, you know, like that. And the yeah. fact that it's kind of organically grown, it's just somebody with a love for the brand. You know, there's been no funding, there's been no kind of, uh, we haven't been giving them product. It's just somebody who loves Glen Murray and just stocks it up. That's also what you'll find over there. Like they become sort of a bit obsessed about one thing. Yeah. And then they just like, they don't just double, they don't double down it like people would hear. They like quadruple down on it, right? <laughs> they say, this is the lane. And then they just go all out on it. Like in a way that I feel like, a lot of people in these parts just wouldn't go to that kind of level of commitment, no. right? Yeah. That's what you see time and time again, right? Uh, so, yeah, it's not a surprise to hear. That's pretty cool. Was that in Tokyo as well? Was that somewhere else? No, it was in Tokyo. I was The, the whole trip was Tokyo. Didn't leave Tokyo at all. Yeah. So we had it's a, quite big though, isn't it, really? Yeah, so. just, just a wee bit bigger than Elgin. <laughs> just a wee bit bigger. Yeah. <laughs> it's something like, it's, there's like 120 million people in Japan, right? And Tokyo is like, what, 35 million or something? Or so, yeah, I think somebody said like 38 million. If you, yeah, yeah, it's huge. So it's, it's massive. It's, it's quite expansive. Yeah. So did you have any other um, uh, sort of wow moments from being over there, which were um, whiskey related? Because it is a bit bonkers, isn't it? It, it is. Um, one of the things was we, we had an event planned on the Friday uh, and um, our sales uh, manager for the region came up and was deeply apologetic and said, look, I'm really sorry. I know we've taken you out here. So we had an event on the Thursday and then we had Tokyo Whiskey Fest Saturday, Sunday and then some other stuff. Tokyo Whiskey Fest. It was great. It was really good. Um, but then they, they, they apologised and deeply apologetic that the event on the Friday got cancelled, so I got to be a tourist for a day. So I had to feign being upset at not having to work for the day. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, just it's it's, it's a, a, a city full of contradictions. You know, you've got modern next to really old. Uh, you've got really peaceful spots next to you know, phenomenally busy areas. And it's just, it's got everything. It, it, it blew me away. It's a fantastic city. Yeah, strong culture. I think um, one of the strongest cultures in the world, maybe there, India, a couple other places. And I, I you mentioned before we started recording the pod today that you're going to, are we allowed to share your, your schedule? Just in case 
Yeah, no, no, that's fine. Yeah, it's it's yeah. on it's on my calendar for the year. So Ian's got the um, Ian's got the private jet uh, yeah. on standby on the uh, outside <laughs> outside the distillery. Um, you're going to Puerto Rico, did you say? Yeah, so that one was that, that's Rico. A, yeah, we've got a, a busy year of travel ahead of us, and that's the one that stood out as somewhere we've never been, had never thought of going, and didn't know what the mar- whiskey markets like out. Well, I don't know what the whiskey markets like out there. <laughs> I'll find out when I get there. So yeah, uh, so that'll be an exciting one for this year. Question for you and the marketing team there: Has any uh, whiskey distillery been and done any kind of like locational filming slash? visits to like cuba i feel like that would be the the juxtaposition between like the kind of old because cuba's like going back to the 70s still mm. just about now there's also a place in new zealand it's a bit like that but you have to go to a weird island <laughs> it's very weird right but in cuba it's all like that i feel like the juxtaposition between the kind of the heritage of scotland and the distillery going over there and like the, how old it is versus kind of like the sort of quality whiskey and the sort of you know like I feel like that could work really well. I don't know if anyone's done that. I mean, I wasn't really paying attention. I was just drinking whiskey until recently. And You'd have a battle with the rum industry, though, wouldn't you? You wouldn't have a battle. I mean, no, if you're, I mean, fill- no, hey, you're filling if you a rum a, cask. If you got into a gunfight in the street, that'd just make even better films. <laughs> I mean, you know, whatever's going on, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the rum industry versus whichever distillery gets over. I don't feel like that would work. So you can get that in your travel schedule. Yeah. Do you? Do you know much about Puerto Rico? Where you going? I know absolutely nothing. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I Google mapped exactly where it was when I heard I was going there. <laughs> I'm going to search now for a couple of things. Travel. Are you still um, on your travels experiencing a lot of local beers? I've seen your Instagram's got a lot of beer um, content as well. So, yeah, that's something you're into. That's probably from back in your Thresher's days, is it? Yeah, so Belgian beers, love them. Uh, spent a lot of time in Belgium as a student, and, you know, Thresher's had great selection of beers back in the day. Uh, so, yeah, uh, but mainly Belgian beers. Um, it's, it, it's a hobby of mine, passion of mine. Don't want to worry you, Ian, but it says um, for Puerto Rico, like Mexico and some other Caribbean islands, there's a high level of gun crime, drug trafficking and gang activity, and the homicide rate is relatively high. There's also an issue with theft, mostly pickpocketing and purse snatching variety. I mean, that sounds like Edmonton Tesco, to be honest. So you're not too <laughs> it does sound a lot like Edmonton Tesco, doesn't it? It's okay. We'll get Ross, we'll get Ross Kemp to accompany you. I'll, 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 leave, I'll leave him a purse at home. That should be all right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and we um we also usually ask is there anything um we did this episode called whiskey room 101 which is exactly like room 101 um where we put some things into room 101 is there anything in the whiskey industry at all that you would put into room 101 oh great question um let's go let's go with what we've already spoken about um you know people judging the whiskey on its its price tag that's on the side of the shelf oh, okay yeah let's yeah. let's bend those people uh I, I <laughs> people always, that only judge it on a price people that think because it's cheap it's not good yeah um right. always remember um we we did an event out in frankfurt one center whiskey and when you do these i don't know if you've ever been to a european whiskey festival but unlike the uk ones where you know the the brands have their own stand so glenn murray would have their own stand you're on stand with your importer so you you're sharing a stand with whatever brands that they have on their books with them yeah and we were on the same stand as uh, the Ben Reich guys, so Ben Reich, Glendronach, um, Glen Glasser. And I was standing next to their brand ambassador, sales manager at the time. And there was a German fellow came up to us and said, oh, don't drink your whiskey, it's too cheap. And then he took one step to the right and said to the, the Glendronach <laughs> guy that I, I'm not going to drink your whiskey, it's getting too expensive. So it was like, I really wanted that to... That guy was just... Brilliant. That was just top, top um, shithousery all yeah. around him in there. I, I, I wanted to know what his sweet spot yeah. was. What is the price tag that made it a good whiskey for him? It did, yeah. He had like a two pound range, yeah. right? It's, it. You just got to hit that. It's got to be anything between 39 to 41. I, didn't know, I didn't know Brian travelled to Europe, but hey. <laughs> yeah. Hey, well, Brian's still f- firmly in the bucket if he won't spend over £100, isn't he? Which, you know, which is fair enough, I guess. I mean, £100 is a lot of money, but that's his firm belief. Whereas I don't mind going over it every now and then. Mm. So Here, it's it's worth what you'll pay for it. You know, if it's, if it's good, it's expensive sometimes, but sometimes you get lucky and get good at a good price. So. Yeah, for sure. 
I, mean, I, I was thinking about whiskey festivals um, just this week. Um, someone was saying, so I'm probably going to go to Kendall again. I'm booked to go to Somerton, or I think I've booked. If I haven't booked, I need to book. Mike's roped us in to go to, to the first whiskey festival ever in Wales, where Mike's... Um, He's got a few roles. Sound, sound more uh, positive and no, confident. No, it's more the fact that. that they've asked you to do so much. I mean, you, one day you've got to be Wayne Rooney. The next day you've got to be um, that fella from UFC. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just worried for you. I just You feel like you're overstretching yourself. I mean, all these public appearances, Mike. Um, <laughs> so, But then I was looking at it. I was like three whiskey festivals. And here's the issue for me is love whiskey festivals, love going out with friends or, you know, catching up with people. If you go to the pub, you can also catch up with people and just have two pints, right? And two pints costs about anything from about eight pounds to twelve pounds, depending where you are. Um, if you go to a whiskey festival and you spend forty pounds on a ticket, here's the sad truth: you have to feel like you've got forty pounds worth, right? You do. Otherwise, you just go to a pub, sit down, and have yeah. two pints with your mate, right? yeah. three pints together, right? And <clears throat> so, in order to feel like you've got forty pounds worth, you always get to that point where you're like, well, you, you sort of you get into the flow. And therefore, you drink too much. So I kind of have to look at it and say, well, you know, could, all these people say, oh, all, the few people that say, I go to whiskey for and I just have like five drams. Okay, we well, just spent forty pounds to have like five ten mil pours. I mean, fair enough. <laughs> you could have. Like, what's the point? You're not saying go there to get pissed. I'm not saying go there to get. I'm saying I'm saying you, you need to things. try enough. Yeah, and it's it's it is about the experience, yeah. but you also get the experience at a pub catching up with your friends, right? So that's my jux, that's my dilemma about whiskey festivals. I really enjoy them, but I have to feel like I've got my money's worth, right? If they made the tickets £10 and you had to pay for more, I would drink less, if you see what I mean. Yeah, I, I do one worry sometimes that some whiskey festivals are counterproductive because I'm pretty sure there's some people who've gone to a whiskey festival that will never drink whiskey ever again because they overstepped <laughs> a mark and feel like hell the next day. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I mean, so we we just judge it for the eyes of people that like drink a lot of whiskey. Yeah, obviously we're going to drink whiskey again. Although, are you one of those people? Like, you obviously you obviously aren't, but you must know those people. In your life, you would have heard people say this. They say, "I'm never drinking insert beverage again." Right, yeah. whatever it is, tequila, whiskey, I don't know, wine, and I always think, give it a few days. <laughs> don't be hasty. I don't you know. Just had a bad hangover. I don't know. Right. I I can I can look at Southern Comfort again after one bad experience. <laughs> so you are that person. Yeah, I'm that person. <laughs> the smell of it just turns my stomach. Although I've had bad experiences with whiskey, but oddly I can keep coming back to it. Thankfully. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I feel like JD is one of those things. People always have an issue with Jack Daniels, and it's usually from like student days and stuff. Where it was like in the bar, double Jack and Coke, and just getting absolutely ruined. I mean, I've done both Southern Comfort. JD, I had a period of my life where I only drank JD pretty much. A period of life where I only drank Southern Comfort. Fine, I can drink both of them. I mean, I wouldn't drink them now, but I mean, I could do. I wouldn't. It wouldn't be. Uh, wouldn't turn my nose up at it, right? So, Ian, um, thank you so much for coming on today. Uh, before we um, close the ceremonies, is there anything else that you would like to share or discuss? Um. I think we've covered everything. Just um, looking forward to 2024 and getting back out in the road and sharing whiskies with people. And if I'm not seeing you on the road, come and see us at Glen Murray. Yeah, we we keep talking about a road Definitely. trip. It's like we're teasing it now. Like, you, you know, uh, you're welcome. Spirit of Space Side. Spirit of Space Side. That's one thing I'd like to do. A it's little... expensive now. I hear people sort of saying uh, yeah, it's expensive. It, it, it has become a little bit more expensive. But you know what? Everything's becoming expensive these days. That's true. And it's, it, Spirit of Space Side's worth every penny. So my little plug for there, if you're coming up to Space Side this year, try and plan it around Spirit of Space Side, where we've got some Can fantastic... Can we stay in the event. distillery? Yeah, yeah we'll, 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 we'll um, lock you in a warehouse overnight. You'll be fine. Yeah, sleeping bag. We'll just bring sleeping bags. It's fine. Yeah. It'll be all right. <laughs> Just bed down. We'll, we'll we'll wake up. We'll find they're pouring they're pouring concrete. I don't know. On, they're pouring um, concrete on us, Mike. <laughs> In the extension. <laughs> I don't know if um, if you covered it, Dunk, but I just wanted to bring up the Catty Sark Prohibition and just to say what an absolute outstanding whiskey. Again, we bang on about it all the time. It's starting to get recognised. Is that going to start um, spreading to 
the average person hitting supermarkets at any point soon, do you think? I, you know, there'll be, with, with prohibition, obviously, stock limitations there, but yeah, you'll see it out and about. Uh, you should, I don't know, uh, UK-wise, not, we, we need one of the sales guys here to answer that question, whether they're looking to push it into supermarkets. Uh, for me, it's just a, a great um, single malt drinker's blend. Uh, it just fits everything that a single malt drinker likes. At a yeah. blend with a blend price point as Absolutely well. Absolutely outstanding. Yeah, we're big fans. Yeah, yeah. it's a great whiskey. Yeah. yeah, really is. 50% really sets it off. It's just like, yeah, pretty sweet. So thanks so much for listening to the podcast today. Mike, any closing words from yourself? Uh, if you can actually hear me over the Wi-Fi connection, no, thanks for coming along, Ian. Thanks for putting up with me, cutting in and out. Um, and thanks to everyone for listening. And we will catch you on the next one. Follow us in all the usual places online, at Honest to a Malt, um, on Twitter, Instagram, and everything else. And uh, we will see you very soon. Bye-bye-bye. Everyone, oh, when will they?